I hope y'all ready. <laughs> don't know the power of the dark side. Hey y'all, welcome back and sorry for the hiatus. Um, we are reviewing Dune, but before we do that, before we get into the episode, I just wanted to apologize because of course it wouldn't be us if we weren't back and with technical issues. So if you can't hear Mark throughout the podcast, we do apologize, but I didn't want to cut it out because it wouldn't necessarily take away from the context of the conversation that I and Chris and Mark still had. Um, so yeah, sorry about that, but nonetheless... Please enjoy the episode. <laughs> Welcome back, guys. Welcome back. It's good. It's good to be back. <laughs> we actually haven't podcasted in like two, three weeks. Oh, really? Yeah, we've just been busy. Damn. Yeah, we did. Well, we did do fandom, so that kind of counted as like that you know, yeah. yeah. But like we didn't, we didn't put it out for our audio listeners. So we, you know, we're sorry to our audio listeners, but we're back, episode one thirty-five, and we have a a recurring guest. Mr. Christopher Sheffield, how are you good, sir? I'm good. What's up, guys? Yo, we're here with Mark. Mark is somewhere in New Jersey. Don't know where. We always come up with a different place in Jersey for him because we always crack on him, you know, yeah. for just being in Jersey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But and he doesn't like it. He doesn't like it too much. But Yeah, we do. What what <laughs> what did I ask? <laughs> was there one time? Across the river, and what yeah, and one of his boys was like Right, like like Target. I was like, "Oh, you guys have like Target here." <laughs> you can fucking see the Target from New York. <laughs> My we're mom like, is from Jersey. My like, mom is from uh, South Tom's. Yeah. Do you know who that is Mark? <laughs> do you know where that is, Mark? Do they have maps in Jersey. <laughs> you could you could you could do ways and get there. Google recognizes that as a, as a place. <laughs> Yo, Mark, I can't get to your house, man. The GPS is just not going in that direction. <laughs> but, yeah, guys, so, so sorry we left you guys hanging. Um, but if you follow us on YouTube, you can go check out our live stream for DC Fandom. We have it posted. You know, it was like four hours. We live streamed the whole entire thing. Just six sweaty dudes in here fucking watching... Ner- what? That's exact. Yes, and go check out our our um, trailer for the Vengeance, um, our trailer reaction. That's up there as well. Um, but today, yes, um, my man Chris, you're here in New York. I am here in New York, first and, time. And you hit me up, and you're like, "Yo, I'm coming to the studio," and I'm like, "Fucking great, let's do it." Yes. So welcome, welcome to your wife as well even though she didn't want to talk, but it's okay. My girl did the same thing. She's like, nah, it's fine. Do you. I don't want to talk about this or else I'm just going to spit facts. <laughs> yeah. We all watched Dune. That's what we're going to talk about today, guys. Fucking Dune Fucking by Dune. Denis Villeneuve. Mark, why did you love it? Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I feel like they can. I know it's like you know the most important resource in the galaxy and everything, but I feel like it could be used for a lot more than uh, like space travel and things like that. I feel like the like the uses for that could probably be like endless. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's wild because he made that movie contingent on the idea that he would be able to do it as two as a two parter. Yeah. But the studio wouldn't greenlight the second one until they saw how the first one did. But he still went ahead and put part one at the beginning of the movie because he wanted you to know, like, I didn't plan for this to end here. Yeah. yeah he's smart. He, want, he wants to do a trilogy. Denis, yeah. Denis came out. Yeah. And he's like, I, I think I can tell Paul's story in three movies. Like, this, this is how I can do it. Mm-hmm. And like, hey, yeah. And, and luckily, it was legendary that we're the ones in charge of green lighting the second one because yeah. if it were up to warner brothers we knew we know that could that could very much have went south yeah and then we would all have to be tweeting restore the the restore the venue cut restore the restore the venue verse the venue verse um but no i i came into this not knowing app like i knew jack shit like i had no idea what the fuck was going on even mm-hmm. from the trailers i was like what is this like i had no idea it was set in space like you know this whole like universe kind of thing and the second it opened up you know and, and it had that what would it say dreams are messages from the deep i was like oh shit we're about to get into it mm-hmm. and obviously like denise in my top five like favorite directors yeah i mean he's batting 100 like that dude hasn't made a bad <laughs> film like he's incredible i I want to watch um, his foreign films mm-hmm. because I also heard like some of those are actually like really good too. Um, but all I've seen are pretty much right. His his American films, Prisoners is top three favorite films of mine. Yeah, Hugh Jackman's best performance. Like that shit was insanely good. And the fact that he could do something like that and then do something like Dune, mm. right? Like the the range. Yeah, yeah. Tell like, him the small story and the big story. I mean, that's the, in my opinion, that's like the, the secret to nailing the big story is finding the small story inside the big story, which I think is like why Dune, why I got through, I mean, I, don't, I know some people like Dune's like not their speed, but like I got through Dune and at no point in that film was I exhausted by like a massive CGI space battle. Yeah. Which, you know, somebody definitely could have found a way to put into that movie. It was like everything felt personal. Like all the relationships felt personal. The stakes felt personal. Uh, you know, they, he, he had the chance to do scope and he chose to do scope to reflect the world and not scope to reflect like the battle sequences or something, yeah. you know? And I, I think that's why it's a movie that I could watch two or three times and love and not something that my brain sort of zones out in the middle of and goes like, okay, here's another. You know, here's another CGI fight. Here's another CGI fight. You know, right? Yeah. Wow, that was like perfectly like put like that. That like you, <laughs> like right, it, exactly. Because but it's kind of like what I felt, and and mm-hmm. you know, 
and even you know my, my girl we i watched with my girl and, and and my sister and even they were just like the whole time just like engaged like you're just you're just in it you just feel like you're in that world for you know the mm -hmm. two hours and 40 plus minutes that it was yeah and right and no point like and i even wrote it to um or for a post that i'm going to make tomorrow where i'm like i know it can be like sort of like a slow burn but you have to be paying attention because everything matters. Yeah. Like any any little bit of dialogue like matters. Mm -hmm. Like in an in insane amount. Because we're dealing with something here where it's like Paul can see potential futures and like also remember like everything from the past. So it's like mm -hmm. it's kind of like crazy. And yeah. and again, I have no prior knowledge to the whole mythos of Dune. And mm -hmm. like maybe you do, maybe like Mark or like whoever, you know, has more insight on it, but like to the extent of Paul's powers, because they're they they seem kind of wild. Like he's yeah. pretty much the Messiah, like as everyone is, you know, saying. And fr from, from yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what is it? I, can't I can't can't think of the word. Um, there's a phrase for it. Yeah, there is. Yeah. I I wrote it down. Hold on. Part of, I mean part of the um. Are we allowed to to do spoilers on this? Show? Oh, a hundred percent. This is Sick. this is all spoiler yeah. talk. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry about it, folks. Um. Yeah, like one of one of the coolest things I think that they did was like they because they kept jumping ahead to you know these like future visions, and I remember as I was in the theater thinking like, oh man, if you're doing this to like tease a relationship that happens in the second movie, like you don't have to do that. Just I'll wait for it, you know. Like you don't have to show me like him and this other guy becoming friends, and uh, but then you know you get the actual scene between them and they fucking kill each other, you know. Like they're just trying to. <laughs> I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah, they're just stabbing at each other. Yeah, and then and and like you yo, just, he worked him. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, he worked him, and and I'm like, <laughs> yeah, is he toying with him? And I love never killed a man. <laughs> and yeah. I love I, I love how uh, I love how Zendaya's character is like, like oh, like it was nice knowing you, like goodbye, yeah, like now you, you will seem die. Nice. Here's a knife, right? Yeah, and 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 I didn't know that he was going to work him like that. Like I really didn't. I was, mm. I was super surprised when Paul was legit, just like not even breaking a sweat. I was like, Oh, so he's nice. Like yeah. he can fight. I mean, they made a big deal about, uh, you know, the reason that the, that the Harkonnen characters needed the, what it's Sard Sardaku or something like that. Why the reason yeah. they needed the Imperial fighters was because of who trained, yes. you know, the Atreides and that those same people trained Paul. The Atreides are brawling. Yeah. 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 I, like, and, and I'm glad you, you sort of, sensed it right and the fact that they went to them were like yo we kind of need the empire's help for this because yeah, even like, though we're badass like these motherfuckers could, could yeah what was really that, fight. the 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 fighter the imperial fighters the first thing they said to them was like you guys outnumber them two to one and they're like eh, it's still it's not enough you yeah. guys should come with us yeah. yeah that that whole sequence was was insane mm -hmm. where they like invaded yeah and i was just like i was like oh so like it really all went to shit like a lot of people died that i didn't like think you know, not that I didn't think would, but I'm just like, damn, like the whole scene. And first of all, the cast was incredible. Yeah. The, like that cast was insanely because stacked. They know, they know Denny's like, you know, some of them he's worked with before, but others, they just know his track record. Like who's not going to show up for him, you know? I'm, I'm going to turn down an, an offer from Denis Venu. No, thank yeah. you. Right. Timothy Chalamet. <laughs> yeah I, I saw i saw a tweet yeah i saw a tweet that was like um because you know how they always do the comparison like timothy chalamet and, and tom holland because like they're like the young up-and-coming like actors yeah, yeah. or whatever maybe not up-and-coming because both of them are 
currently in successful franchises. But someone someone had tweeted like, oh, like Tom Holland. And I don't know why people decide to like hate like this, but in Dune, they were like, Tom Holland couldn't like pull this role off. And I'm just like, I mean, like you didn't have to go there, but I, I can see where you make that distinction because... Timothy did kill it. Absolutely did kill it. Um, I think that scene where he's sort of having those like nightmares of, of it kind of seemed like, yeah, he, he united man in a sense, but they were killing like mm-hmm. on, on, on behalf of his name. Right. And that, yeah. and that's where he was in the tent with his mom and yeah, he was, like, yeah, yeah. freaking out. And I was like, holy shit. Like his acting there was like incredible. Yeah. Um, the dynamic duo. Yeah. She's Rebecca fantastic. Ferguson absolute like she was the mvp for me of the movie yeah. did you guys ever see uh dr sleep um no that was i think that was the first time that i, I noticed her as an actress but she was yeah fucking great she in that too. for me it was for the it was the mission impossibles mm-hmm. like uh like i got to know her in the mission impossibles and i was like oh like she's actually like a pretty solid actress and fa- did a fantastic job job uh zendaya like we didn't see much of her mm-hmm. and but apparently the second one is it's more like heavy on her yeah, yeah. I, that's the kind of the thing about um paul's character is he's not it's not a situation where he is like the the neo the one he has the opportunity to go into this uh you know to fall in line with this sort of like prophecy but it's not like it has to be him like any, like he could pass, and somebody else would then have the opportunity, and you know, down the bloodline to fall into that. Or well, right, that's what um, yeah. what's her name said. The um, what do you what do you what is that group that her, his mom is like a part of? What are the, they called? Oh, the the Bene Gesserits. Yes, or that's what she said. Yeah. She was like, "Yo, either get him in check, or we'll we'll find another one. We'll get another one, yeah. We'll find like that's crazy. Yeah. That is that is like insane. And oh, she is pregnant." Mm-hmm. the mom is pregnant yeah. so it's just like i was and she was like how could you know that like mm-hmm. i don't e- i don't even know that yeah like, I, I, yeah I, and i know there's a there's a lot of uh dune readers right now that are just like holding their tongues and getting all excited because they know you know the answers to all these questions like they yeah. know the secrets of the second half yeah don't spoil it for us douchebags no nah, i'm just joking out this i mean yeah yeah I and mean, i also i also saw like the older film too which was like not great so yeah. Yeah. No. no I mean, yeah. I, I saw. I, think, I saw screen grabs. And I was like, Yeah. I don't feel like watching this. It actually. Was, yeah. It, it was working uphill against a lot. It was one of the. Uh, you know. It, it was one of those movies that had a shitload of studio interference. Um, and also, you know, maybe didn't have the right director for it. Was it? Was it Warner Brothers? Uh, was it Warner Brothers? I'm not sure. I don't think so. Let's see. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Take look it up. Look. Yeah. We can. I mean, we can shit on them. It's fine. They can. <laughs> we they can. can. Take it. Yeah. They'll cry into their millions. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah. We're over here like, oh, don't talk about the studio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah oh, i mean there's, oh, david there's a lynch thing, directed it yeah yeah there's a thing in in storytelling called exposition and it's like a it's a poison to your story but it's necessary like at some point exposition is basically just when you have to explain something to the audience you have to tell the audience how something works and it's really really hard in a sci-fi or like a fantasy to not just have these conversations between characters laden with exposition. We have to do this because of this for this reason, or this happens to the world. And so the first Dune film suffered because the studio was afraid that nobody would get it. So in every single scene that you've got Paul Atreides, you've got Paul Atreides' voiceover coming in, just dropping exposition dumps on you, telling you who everybody is, what they're doing, how they're feeling, even as like the audience, you know, we intuit a lot watching people. So we could just watch a scene play out between them and we would know the relationship. Right. You don't have to have them come in and go, 
this is so-and-so he's he trains the army he's my father's oldest friend like uh, you know, so yeah, yeah right it sucks and and so like this, but this movie i am making love to this woman that's showing up here now on screen yeah it's like yeah okay if, if like think about like the amount of stuff that you learned about that world and three other worlds at the same time in this movie you really did intake a shitload of, ex, of exposition but the way that they presented it i think was great like yeah. at no point did i feel like you're just telling me how things work right now you know if I was getting information, it was because somebody else needed to know, and I was also intaking their emotional response to these things. You know, it was it was cool. I, I think that that was I think for me like the biggest victory of the movies that I learned so much about a world I knew nothing about uh, without it you know being annoying. I, at no point I was like you're sacrificing the story for this. It was like that was woven into the story. So like I cared about it as I was learning about it, which is cool. And he doesn't even have to do that for the next movie because now we know everything. Damn. So he can just go crazy i mean denny said like you know I, he said he got all the hard stuff out of the way in the first movie he can just be cinematic in the next one so oh he did say that yeah. that's right yeah because you got to build a world and that's tough it's hard to do that without being corny <laughs> yo chris is just like boom mic drop like i'm dropping facts on this podcast like i came here to spit about dune you want to talk about dune we could talk about dune but you said something before off air hmm. that that said that you said the the dune readers will get mad about what was that about oh because of the books right you know, oh, the books oh, are oh that, I, I did try to, to read the book um, a while ago. I, I have a copy of it, and um, Steph also tried to read the book uh, a while ago. Neither of us could get very far into it. Wow. I think it's, I think it's just a, that you can have a great story and just have it be presented in a way that like is not like very interesting. Like Writing yeah. is hard, you know? And sometimes it you is. have like wonderful ideas, but like you got to present it in a way that keeps bringing me back. And if I feel like I'm just reading an encyclopedia, like it's not going to keep me hooked, especially like because some books, you know, very early on in the story will just start you off without like explaining too much to get like, you know, you kind of have to give somebody like a starter pack of information and yeah. then get into the world. And I, Dune was one of the books where you just sort of walk into the room and the world exists. <laughs> and so like if you're not like immediately like excited like, about what you're learning. Yeah. How did like, I get here? Yeah. The first couple like first couple chapters might like really drag on for you um and also another thing too is that the the way that that um paul would sort of leap ahead in time or leap back in time that happens in the book as well but i think it works better as a visual motif mm. than it does as like a written motif it's it's a little harder to follow yeah. if you're just talking to somebody and suddenly you're talking to them in the future whereas you know visually we, we understand we that immediately it, right yeah, yeah so yeah because i when i was watching one of the reviews um the reviewer was actually saying that um, he's not actually jumping from future or past, right? Like he's still in this linear timeline. Yeah, it's just that he's able to just see potential outcomes. Yeah, right. Yeah, well, I mean, like the whole thing, uh, like, and, and like I've seen the movie three times, so like if you didn't catch this, like, don't feel bad. I I needed it twice, and with, once again with subtitles to catch this. But um, they they kept sort of displaying him getting killed in these like visions. He kept looking ahead and seeing right. himself getting killed. And at some point before he has his fight uh, in one of those visions, there's, you know, there's always like the kind of the Benny Jesuit like voices underneath. Mm -hmm. And one of them says like uh, uh, to take a life is to give a life. So it wasn't necessarily his visions weren't necessarily saying that he was going to get killed, but there's a little part of him that dies when he does kill the guy. Mm -hmm. So it's not like, like he was he was seeing the truth but just wow. through a different kind of lens. So that makes his mom saying he's never killed a man before, like that gives that line even more meaning now. 
Yeah, yeah, because like it's because it kept saying like you know the niche, the first time you hear the voices when you see I think the vision I believe is Zendaya stabbing him. It was the idea that you had to die to be born again, and so his version of death was killing somebody because it it's a a little death inside of you. It changes you to a new person. Damn. Yeah. So I, I I like I mean I, I could be completely wrong on that, but like that's kind of how I interpreted that. Yeah. Yeah, but it was cool. It, made, it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, because it's been it's like you the first part of the movie you keep waiting for this dude to take a knife in the gut and then he's the one that delivers it, but yeah. it, it has the same effect as if he was the one. Yeah. You know, he's reborn no matter what. He's uh, now he's part of Arrakis. So. Yeah, and it, and it kind of goes full circle, you know, because like one of his first sort of quote unquote dreams was you know seeing Zendaya, like her character, mm-hmm. and then. At the end, that was the last thing he sees as well. Like, yeah. But at first, right, he obviously didn't know what was what what it was all about. And then mm-hmm. towards the end of the movie, you're like, oh, like a new beginning. Yeah. Like this is what it is. So like, ooh, excuse me. Yeah. He's getting choked up. <laughs> I know. I'm like, so good, like so good. <laughs> but right, I mean, I I just think it, it's you explained it beautifully. It's just a, a, a world that that's been created that I'm like, I'm so invested in now. Mm-hmm. Like once I, once I heard the sequel got announced, I'm like, yes, like, thank you. Like we need that sequel. Like I need to con- know, you know, what happens now next yeah. because, and I, w- I wish Eunice had come on because I want to hear his thoughts. Um, Mark, I, I, what was he saying again? Because he was saying that this used a lot of middle Eastern elements yeah. to it. And Eunice is middle Eastern. <clears throat> Yeah, I can see it. Yeah, it was in the wardrobe. It was in the the architecture. It was in the the way that they were praying to, like when they were sort of all lined up against the wall and stuff. Dude, every every from a visual and like sound standpoint, everything was just phenomenal. Yeah, everything. Yeah. Cinematography. Greg Frazier, who's also doing the Batman, by the way. <laughs> if you haven't noticed, he's no slouch. He's pretty good at his job. Like yeah. insane. And this 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 film didn't even uh, cost that much to make. Like this was only like a hundred million or something like that. Yeah, Black Widow cost like way more. Unfortunate. Than that. <laughs> yeah, it's one thing that's cool about Denny. Like even when he did, um, when he did Arrival, I remember there was like kind of because there's a lot of like kind of trade papers about it talking about him, and I think it was Bradford Young was the DP of Arrival, I believe. Um, but they were talking about how both of them are they're like they're great storytellers, but neither one of them really knew how to film specifically for visual effects and so it was like it was cool to see like his sort of growth to, you know to go from arrival to like blade runner which ne- re- required like you know massive amounts of visual effects to, yeah like, blade, blade runner yeah. was amazing yeah i love oh. i mean that's one of the movies i can watch a million times yeah it we, just, we watched it for the first time um early. probably like a month or two ago yeah have you ever seen the original yeah okay. we, we we did like a super cut night we watched both at the same time oh damn okay. yeah so like back to That's back. That's a commitment. Yeah. Well no, done. But I mean. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I think we should talk about were, that. Soon. You guys were just like dug into synth. You just went home and like you could hear nothing but synth. Yeah. Just like, epic synthscapes. But again, right. I, I think for, for Denis, especially from watching that like about a month ago, then watching this and it's just like. He really cares about the noises that you hear. Mm-hmm. And, and like, because everything from this, right, from even the way certain people spoke, right, even the way that the soundtrack was, Hans Zimmer killed it. I mean, Classic. Zimmer. Yeah. Right. Um, it's just every, every, even the sound felt like it had so much meaning to mm-hmm. it. it. The just, voice. Yeah. Yeah. 
So yeah, it, yeah. It, was, it was just that like, was crazy in IMAX. Like I, if you, if, I know not I'm everybody not, has access to this, but if you can see the movie in IMAX or see it for the first time or convince somebody to, like, that's the way to do it. Because like, when when he spoke with the voice, it like rattled my bones. Like that hit my soul. <laughs> it's like damn. <laughs> you just in the chair, like oh my god. Yeah. So yeah, it was 165 million the budget. Damn. It was only 165 mil, and it looked that good. That's fantastic. But they did they did shoot some scenes on location. Yeah, they shot a lot of it on location, which is something that, you know, I don't think that, you know, like a lot of large budget films would be like, yeah, let's go to the fucking desert. And, right, you it's know, like just yeah, CGI'd this shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, like location shooting is is very expensive because, you know, like when you're, when you're on a stage, uh, half of the things you need that are resources are sort of built into the stage. Um, but, you know, but when you're on location shooting, suddenly everything from where somebody gets water to where somebody you know takes a piss like all of that has to be planned out paid for and delivered uh each day at the start of the day before you get going and if you move from hill number one to rock face number two that could be three or four miles that now thousands of people need to pick up move over and drop off again uh and yeah so it's a massive difficulty filming on location um but if you do it smart then you can save money dude literally nothing is free no no <laughs> like no. what the fuck film is so expensive everything in film is expensive no i get yeah. it mm-hmm. yeah no of course and then you gotta think about like is it a daytime scene okay would i like the daylight to be streaming in the windows yeah sounds great so i gotta put a light outside okay so now i need a permit for the for the sidewalk and because I have a light outside, I need to run that power somewhere. And now I need a permit from around the corner where I'm going to park the power. And then also I'm going to need a police officer to watch that because homeless people are going to come steal the lights. <laughs> it's, yeah, nothing, nothing is simple. Everything becomes like this massive sort of breakdown. Um, that when, Whenever you like hear stories about like big name filmmakers or whatever who get to go like make another small film and they talk about it like all nostalgic, like, oh, I just want to cut past all that stuff and get back to like indie it's because they go, they get away from all of the like logistics of a massive film, and they get back to only having like you know uh, like twenty people on set versus like hundreds. Yeah. And it's like it's suddenly it's like all this weight is off, and they're free to just kind of have fun again. Yeah. Because otherwise, you know, you just you're just dealing with problems all day. I mean, Nolan's first film. Um, <laughs> hold on, it 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 cost him like it was something crazy like mm. it, it, i think it was less than a thousand dollars or something like that yeah like his very first film let me look and he was shooting right on now. film too so i mean i think yeah i think he went to i believe he went to film school i think he probably was using like a lot of school resources following. for that too in 1998 the following yeah, yeah the shit was the shit was six thousand bucks the budget yeah it was a him and his buddy running around with like a like a 16 millimeter bullets yeah. camera or something just shooting in, and it's just hotels. about this guy following someone yeah and it's, it's only like an hour long but like it's like that's that's incredible and like for him to be doing something like that and then go into like tenant you mm-hmm. know but you just brought up a good point where i'm where i'm sort of like you know when when directors go from something like that right mm-hmm. like let's say Denis was like yo i'm doing all this because he did say uh after i do all the dune stuff like i still I, he's like i still want to make more movies because we know he could make something real grounded yeah right again prisoners Sicario, yeah uh phew, Damn, yeah, dude, like, I forgot that's on his catalog too. Holy shit, th- this dude might be like, he's like re- reaching goat you, he's status. He's batting a hundred. I don't have, a, I don't have anything <laughs> to say against him. Like, yeah. wow, that 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 is incredible on his part. Mm-hmm. But so, do you feel like 
so right now obviously you do your your, your indie films and everything mm. like that do you ever feel like you would want to direct something like real big budget like that as well yeah 100 percent. yeah yeah i mean it's 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 like i i the there's a challenge to it that i would absolutely love to take on but like mm-hmm. at the end of the day like it doesn't really matter um how much like noise is in between you and starting the first take like the the storytelling still happens with your director your camera and your actor and whoever you know whatever the scene is like it's like all of that is just a bunch of noise that gets you to that moment so if you are able to because like you know and a lot of directors are artists and artists are not always the best you know socially adapted people Mm -hmm. so sometimes like the pressure of having to answer a bunch of questions or having to navigate a bunch of personalities gets in the way of somebody's process from A to B. And that's where you have directors that kind of like bow out of like a studio system or kind of burn out on a big film where you hear all these stories of them like getting into arguments and stuff because it's extremely high tension. And then on top of that, if you're a studio film, you have the studio coming in on top of that. And, you know, every idea that you think is brilliant, they're going to question, you know, for six different reasons that have nothing to do with the movie, you know? So it's, there's a lot of pressure in that, but I don't think, I, I mean, this could be naivety because I haven't done it like something that big, but I'm not really afraid of that because at the end of the day, the real pressure is if you're making a good, good movie or not, you know? So it always just kind of comes down to that same moment over and over again. It's just you, the camera and the talent. And are you making the right decision in those, in that one like heartbeat, like that moment when they, when you go in and you block the scene with the actors and you figure everything out, and then if you make that, I think your North Star through the process is like, as long as I get to that moment and I get that moment right, all of this stress is worth it, you know, because at the end of the day, like that's, you know, when, when they get to the editing room, they don't see uh, how difficult it was to get somebody's prosthetic on, you know, like I, we just did, we just finished a movie. Well, we finished half of a film and we're going to need to shoot the other half uh, in the snow this winter. But Ooh, nice. um, where, where are you going for that? Uh, it's going to be northern Arizona because we shot the the first part in southern Arizona, and there was uh, it snows in northern Arizona. Yeah, yeah, and any like I mean, you can get interesting two, fact. Two, yeah, of the two day. hours north of Phoenix, which Phoenix is like Arrakis. Two hours north of Arrakis, <laughs> and you get like trees and snow. Um, uh, but yeah, uh, uh, we there was one day that we had that was like one of the physically toughest days I've ever ever had on set. It was in July in Arizona. Terrible idea. It was a, a scheduling necessity and. Uh, we were inside of like uh, what used to be a blacksmith shop that we had sort of built into like this western sort of like tavern um, that's supposed to be in the middle of the snow. And obviously it's in the summer, mm-hmm. so we can't see anything outside. So there's no ventilation. I mean, there's like kind of holes in the walls, but we've got lights plugged up to them to have like light, light streaming in. Um, and it's just extremely like hot. And it's monsoon season in Arizona where like these crazy storms just roll through town for 10 minutes and disappear on the horizon. So there's always like this massive amount of humidity. So it's like it's like 110 degrees. It's super humid, and everybody's wearing Western clothes. So there's layers and layers, and yeah, and oh, yeah, I saw you doing a uh, promo for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like awful, awful shoot day. But through all of that, like you have to know, you have to look past how uncomfortable you are, whatever your personal complaints are, and know that when you get into the editing room, all the audience is going to see is what you allow in front of that camera crazy yeah so it's like if you allow your problems in front of that camera sure they'll see them but if you can push that aside long enough to say action let the scene play out say cut give some notes and do that again then you can have a movie that's so yeah because like none of your problems on set don't matter what matters is the scene so 
yeah, I, I all that to say, I would definitely feel comfortable in that system. I'm I'm constantly actively trying to get into that system with like pitches and stuff like that. So yeah, the, the large budgets don't scare me. I imagine that if you have any, especially these days, because everything is like temple films are like what's keeping theaters alive. So I think if you have you know any aspirations to have like a major career, you have to make at least a couple of those. I mean, look at look at the the director of uh, the Eternals. You know, her last film was. Like yeah. a, a little indie. grounded, yeah, yeah. It's a little indie. Film no Man that, Land, that, right? Yeah, that yeah. No cool. Man Land that like just like rocked the you know rocked the um, the film festival world. But I mean, who would have thought that like one Oscar? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> who would have thought that Marvel was her next? You know, right. Mark joined back in less than a minute. Broke Boys Productions. We for, we forgot. We keep forgetting to pay our Zoom. Oh, dude, I hate Zoom. They, <laughs> it, it draws me out of so many production meetings. I'm like, ah. They, they, so they Mark needs to come us. back in. Because it um, came in during COVID when everybody needed it and everything was like free. I yeah, know. And then they changed it to that one hour limit. Fucking assholes. Yeah. Um, but no, dude, that was super in depth. Like, like so basically what you're saying is like, yo, like give me the sequel to Dune. Like, don't even let Denny do it. Like, let me I'm just not, do it. I am not gonna step in Denny's way. But I, <laughs> I don't want my work compared to that man. But He's do you good. um do you ever feel like like if they were like, hey, like do you watch a movie like Dune and mm-hmm. then you're like do you think in your head like what you could have maybe done differently or what you would have um, like told the story that way? Or do, do you not really like think in that kind of mindset? I do if I don't like the movie. Like I, I hear I hear from a lot of my like contemporaries, fellow directors, friends, DPs or whatever. Sometimes some people complain in the industry that they can't watch movies anymore because mm-hmm. they think too much about the process while they're there. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's always a little bit of that for me because you can't really separate it. But like for me, like I... I love movies. I'm still right. like a kid in movies. Like movies are like my church, you know? So like I, I can, I can easily lose myself if the movie is doing its job. Movies are the fucking best. They are. Uh, but if, you know, if the movie is not great, then sometimes I have a lot of fun getting through an entire movie just by like redirecting scenes in my head. So Ooh, I'll, okay. yeah. So I'll just be like watching a movie that I don't like. And I'll be thinking about, you know, what didn't work in that scene? Why am I disconnected? Is it the line? Is it the way that the blocking happened? Is it the dialogue? Is it the delivery? And then I try to think of like what if I was handed this same script and a paycheck, what would I do? Like how could I fix this? You know, where's the the life? Where's the real human moment inside that like ridiculousness there that I could have found that made this worth it? So yeah, that's I'm constantly thinking about that because you know like at some point in a successful career you're going to be handed a script that you don't love. Like I mean it's it's happened to me and I'm not even you know I've I've made films that are under a hundred thousand and so like. Yeah, like you, you get scripts. There are sometimes moments that you're like, this isn't the best thing that I've ever read. This isn't like something that, you know, makes me excited to get out of bed. But there's something in there that you can find. You know, there's always yeah. like a human moment. There's always a, an element of that scene that like it's like a secret. And like when you realize what that thing is, it's suddenly it's like the entire energy of that scene now revolves around something that you care about. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I definitely try to like redirect Cause... bad movies in my head because it's fun. <laughs> no i mean it's it's definitely happened i think um what's huge with that is actors too and like and there's a thing like i i have kind of like a theory with you know and i haven't i haven't worked with I've worked with some people. I think that some people, other others have found difficult to work with. But my, you know, my general thought is that 
film is not an easy career. So like if you're here, if you're an actor, acting all, is yeah. acting is so hard to get into. So if you have any measure of success or you're on set as an actor, you clearly love it. There's clearly some part of you that just wants to make a cool movie. Yeah. And sometimes, like I said, you know, especially an actor who showed up to a lot of bad scripts. Um, sometimes it's you got to dig a little deep in there to figure out like why they're on set because you know sometimes like people will show up and present themselves in a way that you're like okay you're not you don't want to be here that's clear Mm -hmm. so you try to like find the thing with them because i mean i i can have all the best ideas in the world but if the actors aren't playing them then they don't work you know it's like that's your like right arm that's your teammate so like you got to get your teammate on board so yeah i've definitely had stuff where i haven't loved the material but when you are able to like sit down with the actor and be like hey I know how this sounds on paper. Let's not do that. Like, let's yeah. figure out how to make this real. Like this this line, instead of reading this line, ironically, what if you meant this line, you know? Instead of saying like, uh, you know, um, I don't know, there was one like kind of a nonspecific, but the line was just like, uh, uh, like, what was the line? It was a religious line. The character just said something like, like dear Jesus or sweet Jesus or something. Um, and it was like the, the actress was like, I like how am I, is this like a joke in the middle of the thing? And I was like, I don't know. What if you were actually trying to communicate with you? Like, what if we were actually so scared in that moment? So concerned that you actually like, you almost like try to communicate with him, you know, in that moment. And so when she brought that sort of gravitas to the line and said it, now it suddenly becomes this, like this, like, you know, point for her character where we see exactly where she's at. And it becomes this like heavy moment. You know, and it, it like totally worked. But if it just sort of read it on paper, the scene was bouncy enough that it could have been read as like almost a joke. So it's like, yeah, you got to figure out what your tone is and then find that with the actors and make sure they love the decision too, which is like, I think another thing a lot of directors struggle with is yeah. talking to actors. It's, a, it's an insane collaboration. Yeah. Like it yeah. really is. Like, it's like, holy shit, how can we all piece together this, you know, puzzle mm-hmm. of filmmaking to like make yeah it's an enjoyable film for it's people so so easy for uh one person in that team to not understand what the tone or the point was and to like completely get it wrong and that's like you have to that's like film is so much communication because if you like if you're not communicating it properly and somebody shows up and they have something that they've prepared that they like love and you take one look at it and you're like no 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 no, that's not good like we need to change that that's when you start offending people and that's when like you know arguments happen on set yeah. and stuff yeah. yeah so you have to communicate that like whatever your heart and soul and tone of that movie is that has to be known right off the bat yeah which is great when you have directors like denny who like you know just watches other movies it, it seems like you know from what i've seen of, of the actors and, and everyone posting about him like everyone seems to like love him right yeah. on set yeah. and and even like the the actors like again we were talking about right this to me also was one of oscar isaac's like greatest performances dude he's Dude, he's so good. He's so good. His 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 beard was super crisp. Yeah. Like I was looking at that, I was like, yo, do you think I could like grow this shit out? But like mine doesn't grow like that. It doesn't grow like that. Mine no. It doesn't. Do it. Die a gray. Die a gray. Like that that to me was one of his best performances. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, the you know, the wrong actor could have completely butchered those lines, you know, like I, not not to say I'm not saying anything like mean about him, but imagine like, 
you know, because like his lines, he he said a lot of things that were that could have been corny in the wrong hands, you know. But he chose to say them. He said them with like all his heart and like they meant something, you know. Yeah. Like you had you get an actor who's used to more doing like a wink and a smile kind of performance, and like suddenly that shit sounds silly, you know. But you yeah. get somebody that's going to treat it like it's a, a line from Shakespeare. They're just going to pour all their gravitas into it, and then it suddenly works, you know. Yeah, I mean. I was yeah. like, yeah, yeah, and and what's crazy is at that point, right? Because we had just met his character. I thought he was gonna turn out to be some sort of like a, a like a like a dick, you know, like, like a dick of a father. Kind of, yeah. yeah, like I was like, oh, like because he was right. He was literally like, dude, I don't care if if you don't want to, I don't care if you don't want to do this or not. Like, mm-hmm. you're doing the one thing I asked you to be, and that's my son. I was like, yo. Like when he when he died, I was like, yo, that shit that shit hit me. Yeah. That I was like, fuck, man. Like Yeah. Duke in Idaho. Such a cool ass fucking name. That's gonna that's gonna be my, my kid's name. Duncan Don't care Idaho. what pops out. Don't yeah. care what pops out. Boy, girl. You're Duncan Idaho. Duncan Idaho. <laughs> that like <laughs> Yeah. That's not even my last name. So it's Di- <laughs> Duncan Idaho Batista. That, that that is the baby's name. Like, everybody else is, it was so serious. Yeah. 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 They were they were like super bros. Yeah. Did you did you hear uh, did you read that thing that Jason Momoa said in the interview about working on that film? Mm-mm. He he or said maybe if you said it maybe. Yeah. I mean, he he said he was he was straight up uh, starstruck. No, he was he was starstruck. He he said he, he was like he's like in that in that one scene where they all meet and Javier Bardem like marches into the room. Another fantastic actor. Yeah, yeah. He was talking <laughs> just about, like okay. Yeah, he was he was talking about he's like he's like we were all cool, we were all chatting and, and joking and stuff, and then they call action and he's like suddenly everybody's the best actor I've ever seen and like he's like I'm just in the middle of this room. He he said he was like I'm in the middle of the room hoping that Denny doesn't realize that I'm some sort of imposter among these like great actors. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, but like that's pretty it's, funny. It's you know it's a good lesson for people like you know these guys are you know we watched them in the movie and we're like you guys are, are masters but you know they still they get through the first take and then they look at the director and they're like was that okay did i do the right thing what if i did this you know like there's everybody every artist no matter what level you're at is gonna like doubt their work at some yeah. point you know i mean even even batista like dave batista mm-hmm. and like his, his sort of bring like come up right now you know and he's, dude, he said he doesn't him. yeah i think he's great and he, he's always said that he doesn't want to do just like those like Hey, I know like I was in the MCU, but I don't want to continue just doing buddy cop films and like all these generic roles mm-hmm. because right, he has like the way his build is, former wrestler, you know, bodybuilder type, you know, he could be just shoehorned into these one right, yeah. into into these these similar roles, but he's not. Like his character shows up here and I'm like, it's not to say that I cared for his character really because obviously, you know, bad dudes whatever yeah but like even his deliveries and what what he was saying like the, where, the one where he starts yelling right where he's talking to um still in skarsgård right. character yeah it's like how could you let that duke take it from us yeah. exactly i'm yeah. like oh shit like he, 
Yeah, right. he. Uh, I thought uh, he was gonna get clapped. I thought Baron was about <laughs> to clap him. <laughs> so you're just screaming at your uncle. Word. Yeah, I he he put something on. What was it? <laughs> I was on Twitter. Somebody tweeted at him that they were like, "Well, when are you gonna be in the next Fast and the Furious?" And he's like, "Nah, I want to be in good movies." <laughs> I was like, "God damn, I love him." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, no, I, I great, can't believe man. they still pump those out. I. No, <laughs> they stop. do have to stop. They like there, there needs to be a. Yeah, dude, they're they're a parody. They're just an absolute parody of themselves. Did you watch the last one? No, no, I haven't watched them in a while. Yeah, yeah. I, I had one friend who was uh, he's one of my one of my closest friends, and he was a holdout on the films. Like he still like liked to laugh at them. And so there's like a tradition whenever I go I to Arizona. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When I go to AZ, I sit with him and we watch movies. And so he would always force me to watch the latest ones. Um, and I asked him if he was going to force me to watch the new one. And he's like, nope. He's like, I, I've tapped out. He's like, wow. even me. He's like, I, he's like, I watched he tapped it. Out? He's like, I watched it. I'm not even going to make you watch that shit. So I was like, okay, good. Wow. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, he finally cares about me. It only, <laughs> took, it only took him how many of those fucking movies? Like, he's like, well, actually, this is my friend. I I don't think I want to make him <laughs> watch this. I think it's I think it's because we watched Hobbs and Shaw together, and that one that one hurt our souls. It was just it was rough, man. <laughs> there was just nothing for me that worked in that. Like the action didn't work. The, the comedy didn't work. It was here's just, the thing with me, right? I watched it the one time. I had a blast. Mm-hmm. Never watching it again. That's all it's for. That's it. Yeah, that's it. If it fills up the time in between you and the bottom of the popcorn, it's fine. That's all its job is. I mean, I I like I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't like to ever. Yeah, I don't like to bash on movies ever. So like, right? Because yeah. you, you especially know how much it takes yeah. to make one. So, yeah, I mean, so, it's, right. It's, but yeah, it's th- thousands comes... of artists at work, and so like, it, I mean, there's a, a movie... line that that gets crossed sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> there was um. Uh, I, I I tell this story all the time. I might have even told the story the last time I was on here. So if I did, I'm sorry. No, not um, at all. But it was uh, there was a movie about uh, Liam Neeson saving a plane, and I went and I watched it as a dollar theater in L.A. And I went and I watched it in the dollar theater with uh, my old roommate and uh this was like years and years ago and you know as it was going through i was like this is a pretty paint by numbers film like i don't really give a shit and when it got to the end like you know of course like naturally it's a plane right so the pilot gets shot and he's got like liam neeson's gotta like land the plane and it's like it's corny it's corny <laughs> as fuck but he does it he lands the plane and the fucking theater clapped the theater, and i was like i thought everybody was you like unanimously like not enjoying this film right. and the theater claps when he lands the plane and then yeah. after that he he kisses the girl who he just met in this situation, and of course he gets the girl because they're two consenting adults and they're in the same situation, so now they're in love. It's like super corny. And when they <laughs> kiss, the audience clapped again. And I'm like, I don't know a Standing fucking thing ovation. about making movies. Yeah, in that moment, I realized, I was like, none of my criticisms matter. This movie worked for the audience. That's all they need to do. They just need to work for their audience. So from that point on, I was like, I'm not going to shit on movies anymore. Like, They might not be for me. I can say that openly, but... Uh, yeah, there's no reason for me to bash on a film if somebody loves it. Yeah, the director's yeah. probably like, "Yo, like, I'm gonna I'm gonna make this movie and people are gonna fucking clap at it." Yeah, yeah. I mean, you like, know, some, even they're probably like, "Yo, this script is butt, <laughs> but I'm gonna make it work. I'm gonna make it work." This yeah. script is. Director's like, butt. "What happens? He lands the plane. Sure, sure. Why the fuck not? Why wouldn't he land the plane? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> just... No pilot experience ever, <laughs> and just like casually yeah. just pressing buttons like." I can barely press buttons on this thing and I'm fucking shit up yeah. and, and I'm supposed to all of a sudden navigate a fucking plane. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, there's something to be said for somebody who just knows the movie they're making and just doesn't do a bad job of it. You know, right. sometimes people go to watch a genre film and they just want to see, you know, some people uh, I, I've been doing a lot of like horror work lately 
Um, and so I've been just to try to stay aware of like what people want. I've been on top of like horror forums and I've been reading up on, you know, like just different things. I'm on a bunch of groups on Facebook because I just want to see like when people don't know they're being watched, what movies are they talking about? You know, right. what movies are they still like revering as like their greats and their favorites? And there are movies that, that people post about that like I, I know for like a scientific fact are not good films. <laughs> and like these people. Scientific. For the scientific <laughs> fact. And people. No, 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 you're good, man. Yeah. Yeah, cult classics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, they just they just love their genre. They love horror. Like Did, they, it doesn't need to be brilliant. It just needs to be what they wanted when they turned the TV on. And it's the same thing for like action too. Did, did you see uh, Halloween Kills? Did any of you watch Halloween Kills? I haven't checked it out yet. No, I saw the last. Are Halloween, you Are you gonna watch it? it? Uh, probably. I mean, you can spoil it. I don't give a shit. It's a, okay. slasher, it's a slasher film. Let me guess. He gets away and he kills a lot of people. Like, it's, yeah. I did, <laughs> yeah. But look, here's the thing. I I knew that's how. Yeah, I didn't watch it either. But look, I saw a clip on Twitter. Right. Mm. Michael Myers is 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 sitting in in a fucking car with all right so he, so he's just sitting in the driver's seat this girl dressed in a, a nurse uniform is like pointing the gun shooting at him missing of course and then all he does is kick the door open it hits the gun she shoots herself <laughs> I was like I was like what <laughs> what <laughs> yeah and I'm just, I'm just so over it. Right, like, like, right, like, like it, it didn't and even make perfectly sense. Perfectly in the center right, of the right. temple, just like, to make sure. Yeah. Right, like it's just, it's like no. I, and like I saw that, I'm like, cool. Thanks for letting me know I don't have to watch this movie. Thanks for letting me know I don't have to watch. Thanks this. for being very upfront about that. Right, yes. they, like I'm glad I saw a spoiler because I'm like, oh, this is the spoiler. Great. Yeah. Um, because it's just like, and then they're coming out with another one. It's just like. How many times? But I, I guess right. I guess we don't know film. We don't know film. Yeah, he's immortal. But it, it gets to a point, right? It gets to a point that that doesn't that just become repetitive. Have you guys seen? Uh, have you guys seen Malignant? <laughs> oh, with the is that um the, 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 the new one James with, Wan? Oh, uh, James Wan. No, but I, I heard it was. You like, guys haven't seen it? Okay. Um, I'm not gonna say too much. Uh, here I but I need you guys to watch the movie together and and sort of like hmm. react to it okay <laughs> because this this is a movie that I, I i saw uh in the first scene when you see that so just when you watch it just remember james wan's is like his, his his library remember all the great films he's done or whatever and like remember he's like considered one of the new masters of horror and keep that in mind because that's how they marketed this film so when you watch that first scene oh god the first scene no 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 because the first scene is going to change your opinion and you're going to feel a certain type of way and then somewhere around the middle, I guarantee you, you're going to get on board with it. And by the time the movie ends, you're going to feel differently. And, and oh I, 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 can't, I don't know I, if it's going to be good or bad. You know what's crazy? But I've will... heard that about, like, so, someone literally came out of the theater and was like, I don't know how to feel about this. I, yeah, it's... <laughs> I, I, they're like, I, based, I love it and I also hate it. <laughs> I, I base my feelings entirely on that because I felt the same way. So I was like, I have to look at this through the lens of everybody else in the audience with me. And I feel like we all went on the same ride. Like, we all were immediately disappointed immediately <laughs> confused and then as it continued we were like i i guess we're doing this i guess this is what we're doing <laughs> and then by the end of it you either fucking clapped at the end or you hated it and it was the worst movie in the world 
Oh, I'm but excited. It's, like, like guys, I, I, it's gonna be put back on on HBO Max soon, so, yeah. so I want to watch it. But another it was, it was um, such an interesting experience watching that. Uh, Ari Aster, I heard, is like becoming like a real. Yeah. good dude when it comes to like horror i heard ariel's been actually telling me to watch midsummer for like the longest i don't know if you've ever seen it yeah midsummer's great have you seen hereditary yes yeah yeah hereditary i've only seen it once but i've watched yeah, i've watched me scenes too. on youtube someone someone dragged me to a theater to watch it because i i typically don't like horror movies yeah. but like if if the story is good i'm cool with that mm-hmm but when it's just shit popping out at me, it's like, yeah, yeah, I don't care, right? Yeah. With no real story, it's like, what's the point? Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm just paying, to, right? To just fucking jump in my seat, yeah. And like, you're still telling me an ass story, yeah. Hereditary, I thought I I loved Hereditary. I I was like a slow burn horror that legitimately disturbed me, and it hit me at like the family angle at the same time it was doing its weird stuff. Um, and then, so by the end of that movie, I was like, that is what I want new horror films to feel like. That was like, I, th- I felt like that carved its yeah. way. I like more Mid- creepy shit. Like, yeah. if, that shit, if, that, if that shit is able to creep me out, mm-hmm. like the very first Insidious mm-hmm. creeped me the fuck. I'm like, fuck this. Mm-hmm. I have not watched two, three, however much after. I'm like, fuck no. I'm not watching another Insidious. Like, that shit... Tr- I loved it. Um, yeah. I won't rewatch it, but I loved it. But that shit scared the shit out of me. I was like, yeah. oh, I'm I'm super good. Saw, when the first Saw came out, I, remember I was like, what, saw, yeah. seven? Scared the fuck out of me. <laughs> like, I was like, nope, never watched another Saw afterwards. I remember when I saw when I watched Saw, I watched it with one of my uh, friends in high school. And he was so, like, he was, he was, he had seen it already. And he told me, he's like, guess who the killer is? And he just sat back and fucking laughed at me the entire movie where I completely guessed wrong every single time until the end of Saw. So that movie, I still think that movie's brilliant because that, that twist, I had, I was blown away. I was like, I had yeah. no idea. It's, an, yeah. it's insane. But, but yeah, if you, if, if you, so if, if, if anything about Hereditary you liked, like the slow burn aspect, the fact that it was, it dealt mainly with like the disturbing element of like relationships, Midsommar is very similar, um, but with a way trippier sort of aesthetic. Because Midsommar is like, it's it's like you're high the entire film. Like the even like at times at times you literally will look nice. in the background and just see the trees start to like wave, <laughs> and you're like, what the? Fuck? Yeah, yeah, that's just probably like. Oh, yeah, it, it's like... good. It's it's I I thought that Midsommar had uh, a wonderful ending. Um, Steph and I watched it together, and she absolutely abhorred the film. She understood why other people would like it, but for her, she hated it. So yeah, I think it's another one of those kind of love hates. That's why film is subjective. Yeah, yeah, it's wonderful. It's the best thing. <laughs> right. My school was horror started when I was young. I watched that. I somehow turned the channel to, to like uh Freddy vs. Jason. <laughs> <laughs> Yo. Freddy Krueger scared the shit out of me as a child. Yeah, Freddy Krueger was a fucking scary dude. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he's real. <laughs> <laughs> he wants you to think he's not real but he's in your mind dude <laughs> fred is great man he's 
He's one of the classics. Dude, Freddy versus Jason. Ew, dude. Oh, there's a new Scream coming out too. Ew. Yeah, I don't I yeah, I never got into the Scream films. That was one I don't know how I completely missed that. And I like I've been a lifelong horror fan. I just never caught the screams. Yeah, and I, I can't unsee yeah. it now with the um the scary movie stuff like yeah. the what's up? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. oh like it completely killed like What are you doing, Cindy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. It was a really good impression, <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I grew up watching scary movies. Yeah, she's like, um, I don't know, just like watching TV. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just like, yo, I got those are good flicks. Those are good flicks to watch. Like those are like the ones where you're like, yo, I just want a good fucking laugh right now. Like mm-hmm. those are the ones to like go to. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like I will, know. I will still, I'll, I'll put this to anybody. I still think Scary Movie Three is like one of the funniest films ever. Like they're, they're just. Yeah, the, the joke was that one. Is that the one with the like with the, the waiter with the with the hand with if, the small hand? No, that's two. That's yeah, two. Yeah, so two, if two you don't funny. if you don't remember three, great, like go watch it because it, it it is literally just like the jokes just hit one after the <laughs> other. Like it's like endless in the scene, just nonstop, and they're all good. They 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 mix in because there's like they like they do like word jokes, then they'll do a pop culture reference, then they'll do like a physical humor, then they'll do a word joke. Like they just layer after layer, and yeah, it's. So I watched it recently and I was like, this is still hilarious. I'm glad because I was like, maybe I was like young and stupid and just giggled at dumb shit. Yeah, but I was still cracking up. So oh, either I'm completely one. wrong or it's like so funny. So, Yo, where can I watch these? Amazon? Say less. <laughs> they got what, four of these? Yeah. But I feel I feel like the original one is also great. Like the, they're just funny shit, man. They're just yeah. like, yo, like how can we be creative and just be like, like, how can we just mix a bunch of shit into this one movie? Yeah. A bunch of these actors into one movie and just fucking, like, yeah. give people a good time. Everything after the first three, though. Don't watch any. Yeah. No, no, no. Oh, my God. Uh, there's more. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. No movie after the first three. In fact, don't watch any of the any of the, the you know, movies that make You know movies. what I just saw? I hmm. saw a trailer for um, Home Alone. But, like, it's a new one that, that they're oh, doing yeah, on yeah. Disney+. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's like a, a little. But it's a uh, British, it's like British family. Kid. Yeah. It's just is Hollywood just running out of ideas? Um, here's what here's what's going wrong, and I hope you all are listening. Stop buying fucking tickets. That's it. <laughs> they literally they're just all they all they're doing is going right where the money goes. But the thing so, is now this is going exclusively on Disney Plus, so it's like people are gonna watch it. The holidays stop are clicking up. on it. <laughs> <laughs> they're like it's like. Yeah, I, I remember uh, I used to get really salty about this. I don't, not so much. I mean, people, you just don't understand. But, like, people used to complain for a while. They're like, oh, like, everybody's out of ideas. There's no, like, original stuff. And I, I used to have this website that I just, like, had bookmarked that I would copy and just paste. And it just displayed how badly every original film failed at the box office. And I was like, next time you see a movie that you don't know anything about, like, go fucking watch it. Like, it's yeah. it's like the reason that they that they go and do another Transformers is because the other ones still did billions of dollars of business. Same thing with Fast and Furious, what we were talking yeah. about. The, yeah. the last one that just came out during a global pandemic. Record numbers in a global like pandemic. 700 <laughs> like yeah. million. Are you kidding me? Yeah. It more than like doubled its fucking budget. Mm-hmm. Like that's insane. Yeah. And then and guess what? Vin Diesel's gonna run with that. Like yeah, family. Like we're gonna do more family movies. <laughs> family Coronas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's fun. fucking. Yeah. yeah Don Omar in the in the background. It's just lit though. That yeah. shit was lit. Yo. You see all the cars pull up in the driveway. Like oh shit. Yeah, but, I mean that's the problem. Yeah, if if people were exclusively buying into new stuff, then new stuff is exclusively what they would pay for. 
Yeah. What's tough too now is like the 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 whole filmmaking system like shifted majorly in like the last like couple decades because uh, you know like it, the there used to be like a huge market for like straight to DVD then that completely disappeared and then for a while streaming was kind of a joke where like all the streaming platforms were just buying all the old libraries of the studios who were like going out of business. Netflix like, yo, I don't even know. Yeah. They used to just have everybody's old movies. Yeah. And then, then once they started making their own films, now it's like a little different. And there's kind of like the resurgence of like the middle sized film, like the million dollar to like the million to like $10 million film now has a home again because of streaming. So it's, it's cool that like those smaller, more original stories can come back. But um, you know, next time that you guys are like roaming around like Netflix or whatever, like find a movie that you know absolutely nothing about and like watch that. You yeah. know, like don't just go to the ones that are like, oh, new yeah. on Netflix that have all the marketing money. Like go yeah. to the smaller top ones. ten on Netflix. Yeah, because yeah. like the the more of those that suddenly get elevated to you know like top five or whatever out of nowhere, like Netflix is going to keep investing yeah. in new filmmakers, new well, ideas. Yeah. Well, I mean, look at uh, I think. And I think this is more of like this is an outlier to that, right? Something mm-hmm. like Squid Game. Yeah, I don't know if have you guys seen it yet. Yeah, we watched we watched yeah. um, one episode so far, but I mean, I love oh, it. So, yeah. So, yeah, so so did I. I only watched yeah. the first episode. Love the idea, but the director had pitched that ten years ago mm-hmm. to to a bunch of different studios who all turned him down. He like sold his laptop because he needed money. Mm-hmm. Netflix fucking picked it up. Yeah, and it was like because and I saw a meme the other day, which I like I posted on our story. It was like Netflix will either. Uh, if you go on Netflix, you're either gonna about to watch the best shit you've ever seen or the worst shit you've ever seen, and it's so true. Yeah, because there's some shits on Netflix where I'm just like, yikes! Like mm-hmm. what? Why? Why? Why did did? Why was this made? Mm-hmm. And why is it on Netflix? But then there's other shit where I'm just like, yo, that shit is heat. There is a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. And, sometimes it's just part of a package. Like and, sometimes, like if Netflix wants a movie that's doing good. And the, the the distribution company owns that movie. They're like, yeah, we'll we'll let you take this one, but you got to take ten of our C films as well. Yep. And so Netflix will be like, all right, that one is worth it. These other ones will just rot away at the bottom of the library. Nobody will ever click on. So sure. But it's fine because that one was just completely because, worth. It. Yeah, I mean, because Netflix is you know their their model is brilliant because all they need to do is convince you to spend fifteen dollars next month. You know. They don't need it's it's not like it's not like a box office where they need to convince you to come out, bring your kids, yep. have popcorn, sit down, you know, like and then and then tell yeah. your friends about it. Yeah. They just need to like you don't even need to watch the fucking movie. But if there's a movie on there that you maybe want to see, you're going to pay again next month, even if you haven't seen it yet. We haven't seen Squid Games, you know, the rest of it, but we're going to pay next month because we're probably going to watch the rest. Yep. You know, it's like their 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 marketing or their yeah. their scheme is brilliant. I, I think it's the only streaming service out right now that like has has just right now got it all figured out in mm-hmm. terms of because they were so ahead of the game yeah. compared to everyone else because now look what everyone's doing yeah a- and especially after the pandemic everybody everybody panicked right it's like holy mm-hmm. shit we're about to lose a shit ton of money at the box office and Netflix yeah. was like yo we've been here yeah we've catch up you Netflix guys was like you guys want to watch with friends here watch with friends right. yeah they're just coming out they're just playing now and, and like right and it, it's just insane they they mock themselves to a certain extent sometimes mm-hmm. or they're like oh like continue watching and like you know th- those sorts of things but mm-hmm. even even like even like their subtitles my favorite subtitles are from netflix like it's just it's just there it's nice sleek simple mm-hmm. like it's just not in the way you know what i mean yeah yeah like hbo max like makes them too big sometimes right yeah they they actually are doing a better job too like HBO yeah. max. i think hbo max for me comes next in terms of like streamings because yeah. i like they have just yeah. a fucking 
great library of, of films. Yeah, there's there's and shows. Yeah, there's yeah, shows. There's, there's like three places. Cable. If I want movies, I'll go through Netflix. If not them, I'll go through HBO Max. And if if I'm doing something where like because I put on movies all the time, I try to just always be intaking films because you never know like you know when you sort of get some inspiration or just if something ends up being a really good scene, you have a good time. So like I'll be editing a movie and I'll put a movie on on another screen. And so if and I can distract you, no, not really, because there there are sometimes like you know like most of our generation, like most of us came up with just like inherent ADHD, like we don't really think about it. But we like to, you know, look at screens while we're talking to people, while we're looking at things, listen to music while we're walking, you know. True. We like doing multiple things. And so there are times, like, if I'm doing something where my attention isn't going to stay on one screen, like, I might kind of waver. And I would rather rather kind of waver over and watch a movie for a second and then it's done rendering and I can keep working than, like, go on to, like, a street or, like, a you know social media where I kind of scroll endlessly. Like yeah. at least at least I'm directing to a screen that's attached to my computer, and I'll be able to pop back over. Yeah, um, I but agree. yeah, I think I need I need to spend less time on I this. Mean, shit, we all do. Uh, I mean, yeah, yeah, but it's just like it's so bad. It's like so yeah. bad. But the, if I'm gonna watch a movie that I like, I'm gonna sort of half pay attention to. Then I go to Tubi. Are you guys on Tubi? Yeah, yeah. Tubi, Tubi is fucking wonderful yeah, that, for that's like. Where, yeah, uh, that's where one of your uh, films was put on, right? One of my, yeah, yeah. So I just, oh, you're on Tubi for me. Yeah, oh, that's exactly why I got heart. it. <laughs> yeah, like Tubi, Tubi's just got it's got endless libraries of like films that like you kind of care about. You yeah. know, you'd be like, yeah, okay, I'll put that shit on. No, yeah. I had it. Um, what did they have on one time where I was like lit? Like I've been meaning to watch this. Like it's mm-hmm. been a minute. It was either, it was either super bad before super bad got like put onto. Uh, like Hulu or whatever it's on now, and I was like, "Oh shit!" Mm-hmm. Like, and I, like I just put it on to watch it. But no, it's fuck funny. Yeah, Tubi's lit because sometimes you'll see a film, like an older film, get on something like Tubi, right? And it's like, I don't know, like an old Keanu Reeves movie or something. It gets on Tubi because it's still a part of like an old company's like right. library, uh, and then people start watching it there. Memes start coming out, it becomes part of the zeitgeist again, and then it gets purchased by Netflix, and suddenly it's in the like, yeah, movies <laughs> you might want to watch, yeah, yep, yeah. So it's it's kind of cool. I, I think like you know when when streaming first became a big thing, a lot of like the the big name directors, the you know the old hats, got kind of like salty about it. Yeah, I mean, but, D- Denis was salty about this whole situation. Yeah. well, it, they they, they fucked him. That was a little different, but like because now like streaming is creating a world where their movies can be reappreciated again, things can kind of come back up, and also that like the middle film is has a home. Home. right but hbo max they did everybody dirty all those directors dirty when they did that that was a bad move when they just sort of like announced via social media that their movies were going to be released yeah. streaming at I, the same time i had thought they at least let the directors know. yeah you would think like right because that because I, I was like i was like at first i was like why are people so upset about this like like it just it just makes sense for like the world that we're living in right now mm. but then I, I think it was nolan that came out i was like yo like Nobody says shit to us. Yeah. Or, well, not to us because his tenant ended up just going straight to theaters. He's like, they nah, tried with tenant. Yeah. He's yeah. like, y'all not doing yeah. that no with one's me. Not, yeah. And we'll look who's uh, making his next oh, movie. Oh, so I think it was Denny uh, yeah. that, that had said it. Yeah. Where he no was one's like, next film was going to Paramount. Because they did. Crazy. Because they tried it with tenant. And it no, uh, it's Universal, no? Is it Universal? Yeah. Okay. You're Universal. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Universal. Um, right. That's crazy. Yeah. They lost Zack Snyder. Mm hmm. And fucking Christopher Nolan. Mm-hmm. That's insane. Yeah. I mean, again, right, we're not going to cry for a studio that still has the likes of Denis Villeneuve, but... Yeah. yeah, but yeah. It just goes to show how... F- no, no, right. Yeah, they are yeah. idiots. Well, what's, what's crazy about, like, what's tough about distribution, this is actually something that happened to me recently. Um, so distribution, when they, when they purchase your film, um, you don't have any choice. Like, you kind of sign... A lot of times, especially for, like, smaller filmmakers, you sign away 
rights essentially right um so we did uh when the last time i was on this podcast i was talking about this western that i had just finished royal's revenge um so that movie uh they kind of they they kind of sat on it for like a year and then it got sold at the the like american film market so it's going to be showing up soon um on like you know distribution platforms and stuff and it's going to be showing up nice. in uh like germany and a couple other places i think but um what happened was because they wanted it to appear as like it was a brand new film they changed the name and because they changed the name then they have the power to change the poster uh, and then they can go into the film. I had to, I had to re-export versions of the film that didn't have any like names or titles on it, so they could put their own stuff on there. Um, and then they went and they recut the trailer. And I, <laughs> it's been like tough for me to deal with because uh, my brother designed the poster and mm-hmm. he did a fucking great job. And then I cut the trailers for all my films, and I fucking love that trailer. I get hired off of people who've never seen that movie. They watch that trailer and they're like, okay. Come direct my movie. Wow. So yeah. So like it's I'm very proud of that trailer. Uh, and so they, they <laughs> it's like that's my fucking baby. <laughs> yeah. So like they changed the name to this really generic title. It went from being Royals Revenge, which is based on the characters of the film. They're the right. Royals family. That's like their last name. And then now it's Road to Revenge, which could be a movie about anything. That could be a movie about fucking motorcycles. You know, it doesn't mean it's a western. Um, they took the poster that my brother did. And they turned it into that same kind of generic Western poster that you see all the time where it's like three cowboy heads and some like some horses riding at the bottom. And in the poster that they made, I'm not even shitting you, the the cowboys riding at the bottom, that's a stock image. That's not from the film, which we have images of our, you know, we have scenes of that, but they didn't use it. Yeah, they have a they have an explosion in the background. There's not a single fucking explosion in that movie. Spoiler alert. So like, <laughs> I was like, what are you guys doing? And then they cut the trailer and like, I'm not afraid to say it. Like, that's one of the worst trailers I've ever seen. And so it's like, it sucks because, like, you know, we put a lot of love into this, like, very, very, like, micro-budget film, and it does not look, feel, or sound micro-budget at all. Like, it feels like a blockbuster western. I'm super proud of it. But now, because a couple of, you know, like, a, a production company or distribution company that doesn't know what they're doing has their hands on it because they purchased it, uh, they're making it look terrible. Like, it looks like, yeah, super low-budget because they just... The way that you present something is everything, you know. Yeah, the yeah. Dark, and, the dark and, side of, of filmmaking. Yeah, right? and then and there's like there's literally nothing that I could do about it. I mean, all I could do is send them an angry email, and they could ignore it and be like, whatever. So yeah, and like that sucks because yeah. like that's your work. And so like with you know with somebody like Denny, like you know he makes the film, he pours all of this love into it, but at the end of the day, he doesn't own what happens to it. So they don't necessarily have to tell him. The fact that they didn't is a show of like you know a very big lack of courtesy they thought it was going to be a big enough announcement that he'd be stoked about it and clearly he wasn't because he's you know among the pantheon of directors that are trying to keep theaters alive yeah and i mean that that's why now especially the second one that's coming out in 2023 is obviously exclusive yeah at least for 45 days exactly yeah that that was the deal 45 days which you know i think is 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 fair yeah Um, i mean we're we're no longer in a world where it needs to be turned into a bunch of DVDs. You know, you don't have yeah. like a processing time in, involved yeah. anymore. The same file that gets sent to the theater right. can be sent to Netflix. And also, like, I feel like films just aren't going to be in the theater as long as like they used to be, right? Like, I yeah. feel like there were some films that like I like I would go to the film like every few months, and I was like, damn, this shit is still playing in theaters. Mm-hmm. Like, I guess I guess it's still making money. Yeah, um, you know what I mean. But right, we we've gotten to a point now where it's like, hey, forty five day window, people go watch it in theaters. Forty five mm-hmm. days. But I don't know. May, do you do you think now, especially with everything that's going on, like a big film will still be able to, you know, hit that billion mark and like 
like Spider-Man No Way Home, for example. Mm. Like you think that's coming out next month, uh, pretty much because yeah. it's already November and month on Monday. Yeah. So it's like, do you think something like that in this time period will hit a billion? Yeah, you know? I think I think event films are fine because it's like part of the circus of it, right? You want to yeah, go true. out with your friends or your family or the people that you've already seen all these films with. Uh, you know, you want to you want to be everybody wanted to be in the audience when they watched. Uh, end game you know you all wanted to you all wanted yeah. to cheer at the same time when something big happened right um so it's like that you know i, th- I think that event films will be fine it's the smaller films yeah, that suffer that will suffer more yeah right. that, that will no longer be in theaters and stuff so, yeah. so that's like a little scary but i mean as, at the end of the day as long as it's getting to an audience you know yeah. I, I don't think theaters will ever really go away Nah, yeah, yeah. I, I agree with that and i think what i want to start getting into more is the a24 films yeah, like I've seen a couple of their films. Like, oh, Midsommar was one of them. Twenty Four, yeah, and so Twenty Four like, does a lot of weird horror. So you're in for it. Yeah, Get in there. hundred <laughs> percent. They do some weird um, shit. I, I forgot one of the first movies I watched of theirs was actually Spring Breakers with like Vanessa Hudgens and James Spring Franco. Spring Break forever, y'all. Yeah, that movie was strange. <laughs> right, I was yeah. just like, what am I watching? And like, that's this is me coming off of Vanessa Hudgens from High School Musical mm. to this. So I'm like, I'm like, this is different. Yeah. Um, yeah, I want to watch that shit with Robert Pattinson. Um, I forgot what it was called. Eunice, I watched the, no, well that, that too, but I think that one's called like, fuck, what's it called? Green something? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Green life or something like that. Yeah. Um, but no, they, they, yeah, they do make some like, but I like that though. Like, and I was, I was like doing more research on them and them explaining sort of like, Hey, like we're here to just give the creatives the freedom that they want to do. Yeah. So. Yeah, throughout throughout film, like throughout the history of film, there's always been at least one studio who was willing to just sort of bet on the creative team, whether that would be like the director or the cast or the writer or whatever. Um, so right now it's, it's A24 for sure. They're the yeah. ones that are taking like, yeah, the, the bets on the, the creators. Yeah, and I think, awesome. I mean, yeah, I think it's paying off. I think you, you that's like, you got to let people do what they want to do, man. Like, you can't like, I mean, obviously it's a huge risk right for like the size of these films to lose money on them but i think that the way sometimes that our current culture looks at films is like really unhealthy like we can't you know because like if you would just let the film stay in theaters over time it would maybe accrue its budget or whatever you know but like it's the idea that if this thing doesn't hit these insane numbers in the first weekend that the neck you know you're gonna have oh he got kicked out again (laughs) You know, the, like you're going to have, like, a bunch of people suddenly telling you that the film's a flop. Yeah. You know? Like, that it, sucks. That's, it does that's, suck. Yeah, that's not right. Like, that, you don't pour that many hours into making something just to have one weekend to show it off. Right. No, I, I, I 100% agree. Uh, hold on. I'm just getting back on here. Yeah. Um, I 100% agree. And, and I mean, like, you're absolutely right, though. I, I think these films that no one's really, I want to say talking about, but, like, something... You know, even even with uh, Denis, mm-hmm. um, with Blade Runner twenty forty nine, like I feel like people love it now, but it was considered a box office bomb. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember thinking people were insane when I saw it in theaters. I was like, "What? Are you, why aren't you going to see this?" I couldn't <laughs> like, say enough good things about it. That's what I'm saying, and so that's why, like, it kind of feels like with when he released this now, I'm just like, I'm super upset for him because I'm like, Ugh, like he needs a big box office win. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, perfect. He need, I feel like he needs a box. I mean, this was successful for him because, you know, regardless, he's getting that sequel. So I'm assuming the streaming numbers wise, like, did okay. Yeah. 
I, I, I want to see what HBO Max says. Yeah, you it know, did. When they I release think. It. I, I think it made. Don't quote me on this. I think it made something like close to fifty million in the first weekend um, here in America, which is not global. Globally, I think it did a lot better than that because right now other countries are watching movies more than us in theaters. But um, I think I, I remember reading the quote that if it had done fifty million in its first weekend here in America in not COVID times, it would have been considered a success right. uh, on home ground. So yeah, so the fact that it did that during COVID times is is great. Like they weren't worried at all. I'm, I'm imagining the, the green lighting was probably like the couple of days it took them to green light. It was just a matter of them hashing out everybody's contracts. Yeah. Cause you know, when something is proven to be successful, you can't necessarily bring the same people back and say like, Hey, the old deal works. Right. You know, right. cause the old deal was based on maybes. And now this is based on a, Now we know for sure this is going to make money. So now everybody's publicist or agent is going to be like, yeah, sure. You can have them back, but now you need them. Right. So now they're going to ratchet the price up. Yeah. Yeah. So right now it currently stands worldwide uh, 223.2 million um, and Deadline had reported that uh, a total box office gross of 300 million will make the studio happy um, from that standpoint and, and you know the times that we're in. And from a streaming perspective, the film was streamed by 1.9 million households on HBO Max in the United States during its debut weekend. 1.9. Um, that's actually, yeah, that's not bad at all. No, so That's great. I, I, I'm still, yeah still kind of confused about like streaming like how they measure that success you know because yeah. like yeah sure people watched it but like yeah you have to measure that by like did you get new accounts right you know it, like, i i think yeah cool this many people viewed it that's awesome yeah we're not making money off those views we're making money off hey how many people signed up to watch it or around the time that it was going to be announced to mm -hmm. come out and how many people did we retain from that? Yeah, it's like it's it's weird. Like instead of looking at like a box office from the day, they're gonna have to look at like a graph of like from when we started to market this film to yes. when it released. Like you know, did, did the numbers did, go up? Did they go straight back down? Was right. it a success on that? Yeah. Was it steady? Right. Yeah, it's it's interesting. But I mean, I'm right. sure they're fucking experts from, at it by now. You know, dude. For me, from a, a story perspective, from a visual perspective, audio perspective, um, I have no complaints about yeah. this film um again maybe the only thing is that it's a, a slow burn but that for me doesn't take take me away from it again mm -hmm. it could take others away but i no i mean it's just a long movie no i mean because there, there's scenes where like let's say for example it's just him and his mom and, and like they're just they're walking right they're, they're they're in the desert so it's more it's more you get that visual aspect but right in the sense of 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 it being like um even that visual aspect right of us seeing how the desert looks and stuff like that is is crucial to the story mm -hmm. you know because it, it makes us feel like we're in that world and but I, I feel like not everyone views it that way they're just like they're just walking like on the sand or do you know what I mean did you guys did you guys see Oh, I was just going to say, did you guys see the new Venom film? Garbage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you remember the beginning of that film when it was like like the first scene or whatever that was like that flashback? Yeah. Like that was so fucking quick. It was like, oh, here's a place. Here's a person. Here's a person. They love each other. Passing the thing. Okay, and now she's being taken away. And he's screaming. And there she goes. She's in the thing. And 10 years later, you know, it's like they just like they moved it they along so along, fucking right. quickly. Yeah. And it's so like there was that no, I mean... They didn't shoot it like that. 
you know, when they were filming it, they, I'm sure they like took a longer beat. They tried to figure out when it was working. You know, they, they worked on the dialogue, you know, they, they tried. The film was an hour and a half. Yeah. But at some point, you know, somebody said, you know, hey, we're going to make more money with this tentpole film if we can fit more of these screenings in a day. So can we chop this for a scene now? Because it doesn't really matter to the film. You know, and so like just Denny's film, like Dune, like Dune just doesn't do that. Yeah. The scene breathes. Yeah. It takes the time that it needs to to finish. Right. So in in that sense, I would say it's a slow burn. But I mean, the alternative is shit. So thanks for (laughs) not making it shit. Right. (laughs) I agree. And um. You know, Mark and I, we're, we're currently working on a story, too. And then those are certain things that we think about, too. We're like, like, because at first when we're writing it, we feel like we're, we're, it's just going like, you know, we're like, boom, we're, we're, we're from point A to point B and that's mm-hmm. it. But like now we're starting to think more critical, like, okay, like, what can we do in between point A and point B? Mm-hmm. It's something as simple as, as like, you know, a character getting out of a car, closing the door the car pulling off, mm. you know, like that in itself is just another scene, you know, and, and yeah. it's, and it can be like important to the story. It can mean something if you right. do it right. Yeah. Well, someone just like walking in a hallway, like looking into the rooms, like does, does it have a saying in the actual story? No, but you get more of a sense of what the character is like. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, you have to look at uh, at scenes uh, when you're creating, when you're, when you're writing stuff. Um, the best way that I've found is that you, you treat every moment with an arc right so that moment starts somewhere it reaches its point somewhere and then the world is different afterwards at some mm-hmm. point right so like you have to determine like you know why are we here initially what are we learning what's changing and then where are we because of that at the end of it and so like if if every scene has a point has an arc then that's a scene that will not get cut in the final product basically you know so like that's that's kind of like the challenge yeah 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 it's not like it's not like um uh uh, what's a good example of like a scene that's like paste but has no point um (laughs) not that it doesn't have a point but uh uh the the entirety of venom (laughs) yeah yeah the whole fucking movie um no uh uh fuck was it uh only you guys see ever see only god forgives uh who's that starring uh what's his name uh from drive um oh uh um Fuck, I know who you're talking God, about. Why can't I think of his name? I know who this is. Oh, Ryan Gosling, right? Ryan Gosling, yes. Jesus. I love him. I don't know why I can't think of his name. I know. Yeah. Ryan Gosling is yeah, phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. Like that, that movie was, uh, that I would call that a paced film because there were some scenes where you're just sitting in, in his hotel room with red light on his face staring at him and you, you're going to get like, you know, 30 seconds of that whether or not you want it. And it, like, you know, the lines aren't being said, things aren't happening you're just sitting inside of like a really vibey moment. So if you're in the mood for that, great. But there isn't like necessarily an arc. But if we're watching somebody travel from one point to another and we're learning something about them in that process, then I'll take the time to watch that. You know, right. like that's an arc. Yeah. Got you. So you felt like that scene for Ryan Gosling like wasn't a sort and of arc? Only God Forgives? No, I mean, I actually, I, I did rewatch it recently to see if I was just like in a bad mood when I watched it or something and it's still kind of... You just don't like it. Yeah, it, it just it just <laughs> takes it, it's it takes a long time to say very little, I felt like. And I, I'm sure gotcha. the director disagrees. I'm sure he's got, you know, a point. I just, it didn't get across to me. Right. Um, Beautiful, beautiful film. Like, gorgeous. Like, he, that, I mean, he, he pushed the... uh the the whole like um neon thing back into the zeitgeist and people are doing it all the time now because of him but yeah oh, definitely okay, took yeah. its fucking time <laughs> yeah well, imdb fucking i love imdb 
And the bee is like the greatest shit ever. <laughs> You're just swiping his research over there. Yeah, I'm like lo- yeah. looking at it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ryan Gosling confirmed. <laughs> but, I mean... Uh, I, but like, going back to the story, though. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, what, yeah. what do these studio execs really know about filmmaking, though? You know? Yeah. Yeah, it's... it's. I think it's hard because it becomes a, a decision by committee. You know, you have a lot of people involved making decisions about one thing. And I think when, like, the one thing that art needs to exist, like, art does not work unless it has a perspective. Yeah. Like, you might you might not have to pick a side, but you do have to pick a perspective. You have to say this is the lens that we're seeing this through. And so I think that requires one cohesive thought. And like that, you know, that thought is reflected through a bunch of different lenses, whether that's the the camera, the, you know, the characters, the wardrobe, the the writing, like, but they all have to be in that same line. That's yeah. the reason a director's job exists is just to make sure everybody's on that same thought. So to, to develop a system where, um, one, the director can simply be told, what to do from the beginning and said, this is how we want the movie to be. So go make it, you know, like that's not a great way to make a great movie. And then to have the director finish their thing and then watch it and be like, eh, let's go back and reshoot some of this. Like that's another horrible way. You know, yeah. it's like you, you either hire the person who's going to crush do their it job yeah, and let them do their job or you don't like, yeah. That shit always reminds me of when, uh, Zach showed man of steel to, <laughs> to the Warner brothers execs. And yeah, what was the quote? What did they ask him? It was a stupid ass question. Yeah, right? so be, because the beginning of the film, right? We see what happens on Krypton, and then yeah. Krypton explodes. Yeah, as, as it does in the comics. Yeah. This, this is Superman's origin. It's been known, <laughs> right? So he lands, and then you know scenes take place, and then uh, I think something happens to his ship, right? I think mm. Zod fucks it up, or, yeah. or and yeah, towards the end of the film, and then and then one of them asks, "But wait." In like into the world. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. right. Exactly. And um, they were like, "But wait, like, how is he gonna get back home to his home planet?" And Zach was like, "Did you see the fucking beginning of the movie, dude? Like, that shit exploded. That shit blew up. Like, what do you mean?" Zach's like, I put that on camera for you, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, he's been around for like eighty right. plus years, right? right? It's, like- it's literally, literally, you could just go. You could go on the the least trusted source ever, Wikipedia, <laughs> which, by the way, has never failed me. Yeah, Wikipedia has never failed me. 
Um, and, you know who and, does fail you? What's that? What's that page? Uh, no, no <laughs> damn. Um, there's another one that's called like like something movies. So we like. I can't. I'll, I'll try to think. Of, oh, oh no! It's, is it maybe? Is it we got this covered? Oh, one of those. Yeah, damn. one of those sites that just Awful. nonstop. Yeah, fake articles. Awful. All the time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that shit has. Bless your hearts. I hope you're all paying your rent. But yeah. <laughs> no, dude. I mean. Right, it, it's just like I, I feel like there always just needs to be like. But even they know what happened to Krypton. <laughs> right. Even they're aware. <laughs> like that's just ridiculous, dude. <laughs> just, just watch the 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 soul die behind his eyes. He's like, <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad the studio. Now it seems more after the whole Snyder Cut debacle is trusting their directors to just do their shit. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad no one looked at Denny and was like, I don't get what Dune means. And it's like, then it's not for you. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Let me just I mean, do I'm, my shit. I'm sure he still like had notes and had things that were like, you know, an, an uphill climb. Like, I'm sure that there's many versions of the film, but he has said publicly that this version he's very proud of and this is the version yeah. that he loves. So, and, and I think that's fine. You know, yeah. like, like if, if okay, the studio says this or says that, and it's like no to this, no to that, but he's still able to make a movie. He really like he's like, yo, I'm proud of this shit. Like mm-hmm. regardless of what they you know said previously, then great. You know yeah. what I mean? But but don't like not to right not to the point where obviously what happened with the 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 Joss's League debacle, mm-hmm. where it's like yo like they're just cutting everything out. And it's just like yeah. it, it, that that story to me is still just so insane. Like I just cannot What's, believe that should happen. It's wild. And what what I think the wildest thing about it is that it's not the first time that happened. I think it's just the first time that it got reversed. Yes. Yeah. I mean yes. like you think about like um the first Blade Runner, right? And like there's like six versions of that movie yeah. that were formally released and only in the last maybe like I don't know, was it five or six years or something that like Ridley Scott actually got to do his final like what he claims his final version is dude that shit is a masterpiece yeah, because he, that shit is so good <laughs> yeah and, and, but like you know when he was making it the same thing like the studio got in the way and he ended up walking out of the editing room or being booted from the editing room however it worked and then they brought harrison ford in and did a bunch of voiceover you know it's like he, at any point like they can come in and change whatever they want because they own the movie so yeah, yeah i mean yeah Yeah, even one of the Superman movies, right? Like the Donner cut. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What What would you guys uh, What would you guys rate Dune out of ten? Uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't really like rate films like that. I mean, I, I, how, how I, do you I guess, rate them? I, I, th- I think it's annoying. I, I think I'd be annoying to somebody who f- lives on that system because. I'm just like, was I happy? Great, ten out of ten. Like, I, I don't, I don't find any reason to yeah, like compare it to anything. You know, so yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'm happy, hundred percent. You hundred percent. Yeah, I, I was actually thinking about that the other day. Like, I feel like numerical values, like to me, like now I, I'm sort of deciding on like, like I, I view films as like, let's say a restaurant, for example, mm-hmm. right? And it's just like they hand me my food, and it's either like, oh, like this isn't what I ordered. Yeah, you know. Or or it'll be more like um, I'm never coming here again, never watching it again, right? Or it'll yeah. be like you know what I had a good time, I'll come back for more. Yeah, that's how I felt about Dune. That's yeah. exactly that's exactly how I felt about Dune. I loved it. It's great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I didn't walk out of the theater and be like, well, I had some notes. I mean, 
Yeah. 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 No, I love that. I love that for every, I, I, cause I, that's like the thing that I, that when I tried to decide that I, like, I wasn't going to like shit on movies for fun anymore. I was like, I need to look at what the movie wanted to do and like, did it do that thing? So like, um, I'm going to be honest. I don't know what Venom 2 wanted to do, but I don't think it did it. Like, you know, like I, I don't think, yeah, I don't think it got, I mean, unless, unless all it wanted to do was sell a bunch of like, you know, merchandise and Hey, maybe it did it. You know, there's probably kids out there that fucking love Venom 2. I was, yeah, I did not. And that's fine. Um, but yeah, like Dune. That, that was our last podcast, actually. Really? That's so ironic. Yeah, so funny. Is that why you guys took a hiatus? Because you were so upset after that? <laughs> I think that's what it was. Yeah, it's been that's a, a bit... great point. Yeah. Like, we, Dune, we did Dune it. We were just like, back. we need a fucking break. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I. Yeah. We yeah. Had... I'm still recovering from that. Yeah. Still a little drunk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. God, it's, I think the movie's going to be fucking awesome. It is going to uh, be fucking yeah, awesome. Yeah. Because, like, yeah, I, I think Dune, it was, I think it was clear to me what it set out to do. And I think that it succeeded, like, in. Yeah, ex- excellently. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I guess I'd give it a ten out of ten for that. Then it did yeah. it, it did its job. So nice. Yeah, the, there's still a couple of other movies, man, that are that are going to be uh, coming out. Uh, Last night in Soho is one I want to watch. Uh, oh, yeah, the French yeah. Dispatch, I think, came out. Yeah. Wes Anderson, the new Wes Anderson film. Um, there's that the the Gucci movie with Gaga and Driver. Yeah, the, I like I like movies like that because I I have no expectations. I don't know what yeah. that movie's even gonna be about. So like, I th- I'm sure I'll go in there and, and come out happy because like I got nothing to hold it up against, you know. So. And I think uh, Guy Ritchie's directing that one. So he Guy Ritchie directed that one. I thought He's it was directing Gucci. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I thought that was a, a Ridley Scott thing. Or it could that, be Ridley. Well, because I remember seeing Ridley's name like three times in a row in, in theaters recently. It was like that and like The Last Duel and something else. And I was like, yes, The Last Duel. I hard. heard that was pretty good. I got to watch it. I, I, I want to see it? that one too. Yeah. And um, I know that one. That, that's one of them's. You're right. It's really Scottish. Yeah. yeah so yeah. what is, um because what's his name is doing something else right now too. Guy Ritchie. Yeah. Guy Ritchie. What are you doing, Guy Ritchie? Let us know. Wrath of Man. Oh, that one already came oh, out. Oh, it already came out. So yeah. I'm lying. Who am I thinking of then? Who's doing that movie with Leo DiCaprio? Leo DiCaprio, um, what's his name is in it too? Jonah Hill. Oh, that's um that that's the yeah, that's the guy that did the big short, I think. Let's see. Upcoming projects. Which yeah, have you guys seen the big don't, short? Don't look up. Adam McKay. Adam McKay. Adam McKay. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, Adam McKay's he's fantastic, man. He's he's a really really sharp filmmaker. Adam McKay does. Um, he's one of the producers on Secession on HBO Max. Yeah, Secession's great. You oh you watch it? Oh yeah, yeah. New season that man. Yeah, we, we have, we I'm. Uh, the first two I'm almost done. With, I have two more episodes left in season one. It, it's different now that we're in New York. We're locals now, so we get it. <laughs> <laughs> that that's what it is. It's yeah. Just these rich fucks. Just, yeah, just fucking doing rich people really, shit. Yeah, yeah. I can only get two, like two episodes at a time is my max of secession because I, I like I just laugh at stuff. I'm like, why am I watching this? We hate them. We hate everything they do. We don't like any of these characters. Let's put another episode on. You know, it's like yeah. no, it, it's because so it's, it, it's tolerate. Kendall. Really? It's hard. Yeah, wow. Kendall, Kendall's wow. so He's so slimy. He's a car salesman. Yeah. He's a car salesman. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll let you guys know when I'm caught up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I think my favorite is um I can't I'm trying to think of his name um Kieran Culkin's character oh Roman Roman yeah 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 um I think I think Roman's my favorite 
He's hilarious. Yeah, he because cracks like, me the fuck up. He he's the he's the one that like always shows up as who he is. He's the one character that's not like he, he he'll yeah. tell you straight up what yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. Like he he would backstab you and be like, "I'm backstabbing you." Yeah, yeah. So yeah, no, that, that show is fantastic. Some, yeah, I I would love to work with that dude. I think he's so good. He's so much fun to watch on screen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like anytime a good actor, an actor does a good job, it's like he could be the Joker. <laughs> I could see him in Robert Pattinson's universe of Batman. I mean, I personally don't want them to do a Joker. No, there's a lot of other villains. Right. Could do like, Batman has a lot of, like, A1 villains that can yeah. use. Court, nah, the court, if they're doing Court of Owls, dude, I will, I don't know what I would do. I would probably just sleep for, like, 10 days. Very happy. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, it. <laughs> on that you know, note um, then yeah uh what I'll, I'll say one thing about dune and this is this is not a criticism this is just something wow. interesting that i know it's not it's not a criticism just an observation um because uh he reminded me uh denny reminded me of of christopher nolan in the way that like um if you watch dune watch like the action scenes in dune and then you watch like um i don't know like a, an action film done by like somebody who typically does action films like the the way that they shot action is it reminds me of Nolan and that they don't really film uh, a fight scene the way that like a fight scene kind of is filmed in like an action film. Yeah. So like, like in, in Dune, like there's a lot of like um, knife fights and stuff. There's a lot of like kind of hand to hand fights, but at no point does the camera kind of, if it makes any sense, like when you do an action scene, the best way to do an action scene is you sort of turn the reins over to your coordinator and the coordinator tells you what the moves or steps in the fight are, and then you base your camera off of that specifically. You say, okay, the camera has to be here to sell these hits. It's got to move along this path, and it has to land here to sell this last hit. And so, like your for the, like your storytelling becomes about the fight in that right. instance. Um, and he doesn't really do that in Dune the same way that Nolan doesn't really do that. Nolan like he like never turns the reins over to the action. He kind of still shoots it the way that he shoots the dialogue. Right. Like the same camera. No, I, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Th that was one of my issues with like the with Dark, like the Dark Knight, Knight trilogy. Yeah, yeah. So like that's it's interesting when you do something like that because like it, I think it still works in Dune. Like it never took me out of it. Right. But like watching a couple times in a row, I realized like there are times where you don't even see what's happening with their hands. Yeah. You know, like you know they're in a knife fight. Yeah. You know there's a sword fight happening, but you're like the camera's like behind them and they're completely yeah. blocking their hands. It it feels more choreographed. Yeah. That way I feel. And um, yeah, because like, I I'm, I'm friends with a lot of like stunt people and choreographers and i know for a fact that some of them are going to watch that and be like they spent months training to do that with their hands like how come yeah. we can't see their hands in the shot yeah. you know even just, he, yeah uh, so i'm just around a J lot of jason people. momoa he he had said um i don't know if you saw the video but he was like it was like a knife fight and i forgot what had happened but he was like that was for you khaleesi because i guess it just reminded him like when he was like cal drogo and all yeah, that yeah so that was pretty cool to see um nice. but no I, I agree i think um the scene where he's protecting um paul and like them and mm -hmm. like the scene where he actually died yeah like i thought it was cool and all but right it just it just felt like really kind of like choreographed like the, yeah. the motions mo the movements were all just like you could predict that yeah. that's what they were gonna do because like you know guys guys like right. yeah and, and like guys like nolan will will say like i want this scope to be this whole room so i want to see the whole room i want to see all these people and a choreographer will look at that and say uh fuck no because those guys it's not their turn to hit yet 
So they're just going to be waiting. Yeah. So like, you know, why don't we just tighten it up to just these two and yeah. then the just these two, you know, like move the camera along and then we reveal people, you know, because like that's yeah. part of the story is the fight. The fight yeah. scene has its arc just like a scene does. And you kind of got to that, take the that's audience why I on think, a journey. That's why I think Zack Snyder has one of the best stunt teams because like yeah. that whole Batman warehouse scene, like it just felt real. Mm -hmm. It just felt like this guy can actually take on 12 people in this, like 12 yeah. people in this building right now yeah. and fuck them up which he did. Yeah. So it's like, you know, it felt more realistic. And like, even one of the, the angles where it's like more like upward was mm -hmm. like four dudes around him. And he's like blocking, like they're yeah. almost like, holy shit, dude. I'm like, what the, like, it's insane. Yeah. And, but, and so like, like major props to, you know, whoever did like the, the choreography, the stunt coordinating and, you know, all the, the stunt team with, with Dune that like, they didn't really, they didn't really shoot for that edit. But you could still tell how good yeah. the hand and footwork yeah, was, you know. Hundred percent. Yeah. And and even that scene where he's in the in the future in that armor, first of all, the armor looked dope where he looked like a Power Ranger. <laughs> yeah. But he's that diving shit around like so a baby seal, fire. just running yeah. through the fights. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That shit yeah. was so clean. I was like, that shit looked good and like his eyes, you know, they, they had turned blue. Yeah. Um, I think that's what that's kind of what we can expect out of the second film. Yeah. Is like some bigger scope stuff like that. Hell so yeah. Right, and like you said, Denise is going to have more fun with it. Yeah, because so. now we know what Spice is. It's fine. Yeah, we're <laughs> part of the world now. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm very curious. I, I think this one's he, probably going to be a little heavier on the on the fighting. Yeah, because like, like, you know, like Nolan, I, I, I love his films, but also like Nolan is, I think he's, you know, he does what he likes. And he, yeah. he like his films are very his style is very consistent like literally like cinematography shot to shot it doesn't matter who's shooting his film it looks like a Nolan film and but I think Denny is he's he learns and I think he learns he and adapts yeah yeah so I, I can see I mean this being one of the first films of his that's got like a lot of hand to hand fighting I can see him yeah. learning from that and adapting on the next one so 100%. yeah I'm, I'm super interested to see what he does and with he it. he seems super invested in it all so mm -hmm. I. I feel another banger is on the way. Yeah. And again, like he hasn't really missed yeah. like, at all. Yeah. So. He's, in, he's incredible. He's, he's like the, the unsung, like one of the, yeah, one of the upcoming greats and people aren't saying his name enough yet. But and I, they will. I think they, they definitely will. Yeah. Mm hmm. Yo, stop sleeping on my man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Prisoners was one of, was one of the the first movies uh, I watched that that had me like literally. I've I've rarely done this, but I've literally moved to the edge of my seat and was like, Jake Gyllenhaal, if you don't drive that car right, like, if you don't stop wiping your fucking eyes, like. <laughs> Those kids are in danger. Like, <laughs> yeah, it was like, yeah, that that movie. It, it had me like in any way it wanted me. It had me like in that final sequence. I was a hundred percent like, oh my god, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> He's trying, Jake. <laughs> yeah. That wow. Yeah. I that might need to revisit this weekend. It's so because that movie it's is so good. So yeah, fucking good. Use it. Use it as like a yeah, like a build up for your your Paul Dano experience for him as the the Riddler. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't it, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Doesn't it kind of feel like a Fincher film a little bit? Yeah. Like I yeah, always, I, I like I. I'm always like, yo, like 
Fincher really killed prisoners. I'm like, wait, that was didn't even new. Yeah. Range. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. because then after that, right, he did Sicario, but then once he got sort of to a rival, it, he kind of got more on like a bigger scope mm-hmm. of like CGI and, and yeah, he, you know, he sort outer. of yeah, he, he took it out of like the grounded and started messing around with some more yeah. like kind of ethereal stuff. So hopefully, it gets yeah. back to that grounded work too, because his I'm grounded sure shit will. is fantastic i mean i'm sure by the time he's done making you know dune 2 and possibly 3 or he'll probably he'll probably want to go yeah he'll probably start like producing any other spinoffs and then just try to go back to something that doesn't take him you know like two or three years to finish he just does like five marvel movies (laughs) (laughs) he is the new mc i don't know we'll see because they they took a they took a, a gamble getting an artistic director to do eternals and if their box office suffers because people think it's boring you know they're not going to do that again Someone so. tweeted that. Someone was like, wow, thank you for making this bomb because now we'll never see anything different from the MCU again. Yeah. Well, I don't know I mean, bomb, but it's not get, it's not getting good reviews yeah, yeah, by the yeah. critics. It's 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 their least, um, like on Rotten Tomatoes, like it has the worst score of any of the, even, even worse than Thor The Dark World. Yes, you heard it here. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Yeah. exactly that's exactly I mean, what they, we said we're probably I mean, gonna love it yeah yeah, yeah it's, based it's on currently... trailer alone yeah i don't i don't tend to find or i don't tend to feel that most marvel films are for me and that first trailer i was like all right i'm in yeah like and the cast is yeah fantastic the yeah. cast is like crazy stock dude i'll watch angelina jolie drink coffee dramatically for an hour and a half and give it like a, a better rating than that on on rotten tomatoes so i don't care like i'm sure it's gonna be yeah mm-hmm. yeah right yeah where's the jokes <laughs> they know who they're making them yeah <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it's currently sitting at a uh, at a sixty two um, percent, and it'll probably only. I mean, who knows? Maybe it'll it'll, it'll rise up when it actually releases. Um, also, this weekend, um, as we wrap up, um, if anyone want, is interested in Army of Thieves, it's a oh, yeah. spinoff and a prequel for uh, Army of the Dead. Um, and it that that one's currently at a seventy one percent on Rotten Tomatoes and a ninety one percent audience score. Ooh. So seems like the audience is enjoying it. I heard good things. Um, it's a yeah. comedy heist film, so don't go into it thinking, you know, some crazy. I mean, who knows? I didn't yeah. watch it yet. So maybe some crazy shit will happen. Yeah, the the whole like army of or whatever of the dead. Yeah. Yeah, that's this weekend. It's, yeah, I think it's Friday. I think it drops. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So we. <laughs> well, Zach didn't direct this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but he is do. He did announce that he's doing um, the next. There's a lot of lot yeah. of sh- yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. it's called Planet of the Planet Dead. of the Dead. Yeah. yeah, and it's a direct sequel to Army, and then he has the the animated prequel, which Zach's is busy. Yeah, the, the animated one I think is going to take place on the time that they were in Vegas. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah how it all started. Yeah, like, it'll yeah, tell that... the origins of how everything got to where it was. Um, but yo. Chris, thank you so much for coming through, man. Absolutely. Uh, any you want to plug in, want to plug in your films, plug in, you know. Yeah, um, it's Halloween. I don't know. Is this gonna release before Halloween? You think Halloween's when tomorrow? No, oh, Sunday. Yeah, Sunday. You yeah, it'll release for Sunday. Okay. 
Um, yeah, I did uh, two two horror films, two horror shorts that we released uh, like a week ago um, that are doing pretty good. Uh, I got a lot of good responses off of them. But nice. Yeah, if you guys are into horror, they're uh, two different types of horror. They're super watchable. They're both uh, on my YouTube, or you can find them on my Instagram, which I'm sure can be linked here. But um, but yeah, yeah, I, I'd love to see uh, hear what you guys thought of them and stuff. If you're into horror, like they they both kind of hit on two different kinds of horror, and I think they're very satisfying for that audience. So. Dope. check them out so get in the hall out, guys yeah again chris always welcome um we'll let you know when we're in la or yes. whenever you come back to new york um but thank you for coming to the studio yeah i'll be back i'll yeah. be back i'm really loving the city so oh it's not the last time for sure perfect. but come to la first for fuck's sake yeah. it's expensive <laughs> <laughs> right all right y'all make sure to come through and chill we'll see y'all next week <laughs>